Did you know that the luxury car brand Porsche launched an NFT collection this week? If you said no, don't feel bad because I didn't know either until the Mint was almost closed. So today we're going to discuss the project and what we can learn from the Mint. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So the Porsche 911 Mint generated over 2,000 ETH, or $3 million worth, of sales in two days. Currently, there's 63% unique holders. The current floor price is about 50% above the mint price, and only 8% are listed for sale. Now, that sounds like a massive success, and the episode could end right there. However, that is not the full story. There is a lot we can learn from this mint, and why I decided to make it into a full episode rather than just putting it as a story in the newsletter. So for starters, I'm going to give a little caveat. I know absolutely nothing about running a multi-billion dollar legacy car brand. However, I do know about sales, and I like to think I know a little thing or two about NFTs. So as I'm analyzing this, just take that with a grain of salt. I have no idea what it is like to run Porsche. So it's easy for me on the outside to be critical of this and really give some discussions about how they handle this coming into Web3 with the NFT project and so forth. But I just want to let that be known that I think it is a very cool thing that they're coming into Web3. But first and foremost, I'm going to have to go at their Twitter approach. And of course, as far as marketing, engaging with the community and so forth, we know that the hub of the NFT community happens to be in Twitter, especially now that people are sick of Discord and most of the conversation, the news is breaking everything. It happens on Twitter. And I think their Twitter strategy from the launch was pretty horrible and contributed to them missing their goals of selling out the 7,500 that they plan to mint. But before I even get to that and all the numbers of their actual mint, what I'm going to do is speak about their Twitter strategy. And the page actually launched in October of 2022. However, it did not send out its first tweet until November. So essentially, that is two months of active tweeting before the launch. Actually, I shouldn't even say active tweeting because at the point of recording this, they've only had about 50 tweets and they've had virtually no replies to any other person or organization that's on Twitter. And as far as likes go, they're only liking and engaging with people that are tweeting about the Mint in a positive manner. So I don't think that's too effective in itself. Not to mention that they're only following six accounts of which I must say (laughs) mine is not one of them, but no worries. I'm not salty about that at all. The reason why I'm critical about the Twitter strategy in itself is, of course, as I said, this is the hub of the NFT community. And if this brand is coming into the space and is really looking for their first splash and to really get a feel of what's going on there, you'd think they'd be a lot more active and engaged on Twitter. You would not necessarily know that by seeing how many followers they have. But honestly, that number is pretty relevant because you can buy followers, you can get people to be engaged. And the simple fact that this is such a huge brand of Porsche that you're going to get followers automatically anyways. So that is not the end all be all and probably the least important number. So I'm not even going to mention it. 
But the six that they are following, I think, is very important because it's showing that they're not really fully engaged. And I know why I get it. Of course, that you want to have this cool elitist look. But however, you're coming in and you're saying that you're starting a community and so forth that I don't really understand why people do that in Web3. But whatever, that is a conversation for itself. But Porsche, of course, is a top high end brand and you can understand why they might want to seem elite. However, the fact that they're building a community and coming into Web3, you think they would take a, a significantly different approach. But I would say this sort of shows that they were relying on the brand and their cachet and exactly what they were coming into this space for was not necessarily aligned with the community in itself. And I think that they were really just banking on the fact that they were Porsche. And I think that is a dangerous thing coming into a new space, sort of a little bit of arrogance or hubris saying that, you know, we can bank on the fact that we are a hundred year brand or whatever it is. And we have billions of dollars of sales. And this is a massive company and really diehard car people are interested in this. However, you have to think how many diehard car people are also enthusiastic NFT people. So there is a gap. And yes, I can understand there is an overlap about some communities, especially since this is normally a male dominated industry industry at this point. Most of the people that are in Web3 are males. Not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but as far as normally that you'd have the overlap between young males and car people, you might see that there. However, the fact that you need to bridge the gap to say, okay, well, if these are enthusiastic car people, you'd think that they would have reached out to those people and really had a connection bridge or whatever, or see how they can really engage into the Web3 community, see who is collecting NFTs and what have you, maybe partnering with West Coast Customs and their car community and whoever else, and seeing how they can bridge the gap, do some collaborations and what have you. But you didn't really see this on the Twitter page itself, they sort of operated within a bubble, understanding that, yes, this is a legacy brand. But let's speak about the project itself. It is called the Porsche 911 because, of course, their iconic 911 sports car. So that is where the name comes from. And even the pricing of it, it is 0.911 ETH. Of course, 911. The supply is 7,500. So right there, you can see some issues with that. First of all, that it is a pretty high supply. Basically, what we're seeing right now in the uh, industry, that 7,500 is pretty high, especially in this market, as far as going to get the attention and enthusiasm of the market and the people to actually spend their money, which is in short supply, but also because the price is so high. And I understand why they're going with a premium pricing. Again, it doesn't really align with their brand to have some sort of discount mint, but at the same time, having 7,500 is high volume. So what they're trying to go for right here is high volume, high price. And that is going to take a lot of marketing. It is very difficult to sell something at a high price and at a high volume. So now you can see sort of like the Walmart approach, which is very high volume, very low prices, and they're operating on very thin margins. However, a luxury brand does not do that. Luxury brands operate on high price and low volume because they can operate with bigger margins, knowing very well that most people can't afford this. And they also want to make it exclusive by locking out certain people, making it a desired item. And that's sort of a marketing tactic in itself because people that can't afford it will still tweet about it, still dream about it. They aspire to get to that level. And you can see this happening with Louis Vuitton, Coach, Prada, Bugatti, Rolls Royce, even Apple, if you want to go to tech, a lot of people that might not be able to afford Apple devices around the world will still tweet about it, will still have interest in it, will share their new products and what have you because they aspire to have one. 
But as far as this premium price goes, what exactly are the holders getting for this? The utility of this token is pretty limited for the most part. And again, I think that they are banking on the fact that this is Porsche, a legacy brand. This is a luxury brand and people over the generations are very interested in it. However, what the holders get isn't really much for the most part. Of course, they first lead off with the fact that there is community. So you're going to be in a community of these car enthusiasts and NFT enthusiasts. Okay, not really unique there. Then you're going to get the option to customize this. So it is a very customized NFT in the sense that you get to pick the three paths that you're going to go down, either the performance, the heritage, or the lifestyle. And based on which path that you decide to go or which road, of course, the whole play on cars, is you're going to then have options how to customize it. Because when it initially starts off, it is just this boring white Porsche. And the only thing that is unique about it, other than the actual token number, is a license plate number. So the license plate number and the token number actually does not match each other. But as far as looking at it, that's the only difference that you can tell. But once you pick your road, which you're gonna go down, Later on, you're going to have the option to create your own rarity. And I think that is very interesting. And I think that is something that they did very well in the sense that car people like to customize their things. They like to put their own little spin on it because when it comes off of the factory, they're all the same. So I think that is very unique that they're going to allow people to put their own paint colors, their own finishes and trim and so forth, and just have some unique things. Even decals across the front. I see some that says Porsche. I see zebra prints. I see flowers growing out of it. You know, it could be very interesting interesting. So I do like that, that they did that. However, the fact that, again, they're banking on the fact that they are Porsche, the whole clout, and pitching and leading with the community, okay, whatever. But other than the ability to customize this and maybe have some bragging rights on social media, posting this or whatever it might be, what else do you really get with it? Not much at this point. And I do see the fact that they have some great artists that they put on there. I'm not even familiar with them, but looking at their work, I think it is pretty cool. There is a guy by the name of Patrick Vogel, Vex, and Chris, I believe you pronounce it, Lebroy. However, as good and talented as those artists are, if the marketing is not there, the utility is not there, how are you going to get the buzz about this? And I think that is a problem that they necessarily had, assuming that they could just rely on the brand itself. So as far as the mint, how did it go? Well, on day one, there were 1,500 sold. And of course, at this point, then Twitter and all the content creators started to speak about how this is a failure. And if you Google Porsche NFT, you're going to see everything about negative articles, uh, not very positive spin of it at all. So the 7,500 that they initially planned did not mint out. However, they decided to close it down today. So two days after opening the mint, and in total, 2,361 of them were minted. Now, the numbers that I initially said, generating over 2,000 ETH, $3 million, there's 63% unique holders, 50% above the floor price, and only 8% are listed, that all sounds like wins. However, when you look at the fact that they were hoping to get over 6,800 ETH, about $10 million worth of sales from the primary mint, well, then they fell very shy of those numbers. However, it's not even all about the numbers and the sales itself. What I'm looking at is the actual perception of the brand. They said that this is not a one-off mint and they're actually going to build an ecosystem and they're planning to do a lot of things down the line. But coming out of the gates or hitting the road, I should say, and not really going so well, I don't necessarily think it, they entered in the right way. And I think, again, not pointing fingers, but I think if they were engaged a little bit more into the community, they would have had a much better launch. 
regardless of how amazing the final product is going to look, the number one thing that I often say is even more than the utility itself or the product itself is actually marketing and engaging with the customers because you might have the very best product in the world, but if nobody knows about it and nobody wants to buy it, guess what? That is not business and it won't be sustainable. And Porsche does have their entire company. Their main business is selling cars. It's not like they're an NFT or a Web3 company and they were depending on this mint. But as far as sustaining their Web3 efforts, it would have been great if the mint was successful because, of course, that would have been able to fund their other ventures and what have you. So now it's like, okay, they might have to go into the car reserves or whatever funding that they tapped into to do this project rather than having as a self-sustaining entity, you know, their Web3 efforts and what have you. So whether it is partnering with other companies in the metaverse or whatever it is that they're trying to build in the future, it would have been nice if this was a successful mint that would just fund everything. But going to all of this, I think the number one thing that we can learn from this is if you're going to lead with community and say that is your main benefit that you're getting from this, it should be a priority to build those ties and links even before a sale happens. So that is the number one thing that I think where they went wrong. Of course, their Twitter effort is not everything. They could have been doing so much more. However, that is the hub. And just based on how that went, I don't think they maximized the potential of the brand and the sale because they were operating in a bubble. So now with their limited amount of mints, I think could be a small win for them, although that is not what they had planned. But having that 2,361, it is a much more limited, much more exclusive community that they have built. Now, assuming that these people actually want to stick around, I have some doubts about that. I think that floor price is probably going to fall. We're seeing a 50% up right now, but I think a lot of those people might've just minted in it, just you know, the NFT people trying to degen and get a quick sale. So who knows where that's gonna go over the next 24 to 48 hours. But I would say by about day three, things are gonna really start to settle in and we're gonna see where this project is going to sit, who's actually there to be a part of the community and there for the long run, and who just minted it to try to make a quick dollar. So we're gonna see how that works, but I would love to know what your thoughts are on all of this. But I'm sure I'm going to have some sort of follow up about this eventually, even if I don't have any separate episode for itself. I might have it in the newsletter. So in case you're not subscribed to Nifty Business Week, that is a free newsletter that I come out with. Sometimes I'll do follow up stories, I'll do giveaways, I'll do announcements. But I tend to cover a lot more ground in one email than I would on a particular episode where I normally try to stick to one topic, one story. But in the newsletter, I give a quick overview of different things, maybe in a paragraph or so. So if that is something that you'd be interested in, please feel free to sign up at niftybusinessweek.com. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.